All right, so here we are, episode two of the Campus <laughs> Ambassadors of the Oneana Campus Ambassadors podcast. Wait, what do I call this? I mean, it's on there. It's on oh, Oneana Campus Ambassadors podcast. That's right. That's the name of That's this us. podcast. That's us. Um, so I am Peter Eklund, and with me is um, Chris Deemer. I almost forgot his name. I'm literally it's it's one forty five in the afternoon as we're recording, and. I haven't had any coffee yet, and Chris was ha- good enough to go and get me a cup of coffee, and now I'm starting to feel like a person, finally. It's taken me <laughs> so, all day. So, all right. So, any any mistakes after this moment is our responsibility. Oh, my gosh. It was really funny. I used to um, teach a Sunday school here at, here at church for the, the youth group over at the other building at the big house. Okay. And... Um, I would come in and be kind of like, mm, whatever, tired. <laughs> but we would play this game. And, you know, as I'm drinking my coffee and we're having the Bible study and we're having and we're just talking about ideas. And then I just start getting more and more excited and more and more awake. And, I'm, and we just started playing a game called, you know, when did the coffee kick in? Oh, you know, amongst okay. me and the, the teenagers. <laughs> And I'd be like, and then, you know what this means, right? And they're like, the coffee's kicked in. I'm like, yes, that's yes, right. Yes, and, yes, yes. <laughs> but it was just really fun to see, you know, how, how within an hour, you know, my, my attitude may change. So I may sound right now a little bit like lethargic and slow. But, but soon uh, or later, yes. Just you wait, listeners, just you wait. So, Chris, how are you doing? I am doing very well. I am. Uh, I think that coffee is the evidence that God is good. Uh, if, if people believe in uh, a purposeless and unguided um, process of life differentiating from a single cell organism, I don't know that coffee would ever arise. But if it has been designed by someone who loves us, yeah. Thanks, Lord, for coffee. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Man, it's super. That's good. That's good. So thank you, Chris. Thank you for running out and grabbing me a, a cup here. You are entirely, you are entirely welcome. So what's new with you? What's 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 been going on in the last week? Oh, um, well, I think that uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk about today was the idea of how to look at the present and how to look at the future and how to build expectations. So we're going right in. Let's, let's we're, go. We're let's go. Dive right in. Yes, we're <laughs> dive right in. And I mean, one of the questions when you first started out in ministry, when you were first getting trained in ministry, and I'm thinking, you know, when I got first trained too, you have these ideas that you're going to like, save the world you know all these things are going to happen it's going to be easy yeah and then you find out that oh (laughs) things are harder than you thought for sure and um you know somebody said you know that if if you're not idealistic as a young person you have no heart but if you're not (laughs) more conservative as an older person you have no head (laughs) And uh, life is difficult, but life is very good. And and I think that Christianity as a way of looking at life um, gives us perhaps the best way to assess the true value of things and 
of, and it gives us hope for applying ourselves to do well, not only now, but in the future. So what, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, in the, in the very first pages of the Bible, we're told that God creates this huge place for us. He forms it and then he fills it. He forms the skies and he fills the skies with birds. He forms the waters. He fills the waters with fish. He forms the land. He fills the land with vegetation and so forth. And then he makes us. And then he says, get out there, get out there and manage this be stewards of it for me, rule it well, so that it will be well for you and all the, you know, all the other things that you're a part of. But then, you know, two chapters later, <laughs> things kind of go awry. Things start to go awry because the two people stop trusting God as the one who can teach them about what's right and what's good. And they decide we can figure this out for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And the unfortunate thing, it's right in Genesis chapter three, just after a short conversation with this other uh, being in the garden, the, the, the man and the woman are alienated from one another. God approaches them going, where are you? What happened? Have you done wrong things? They start blaming each other and the, the whole thing goes south. Mm -hmm. And before the next generation, they're, their older son kills their younger son right. and we're off to the history. Yes. <laughs> it's all wild from there. <laughs> yeah, it's all wild from there. So um, they talk about the, uh, the wild West. Well, they lived East of Eden. And so that's, that's where they, that's where they, they started doing their stuff. But, but still God didn't give up on us and he has pursued humanity ever since. And so, you know, we're kind of talking about, and you're kind of getting into the idea of just where, where things are not necessarily the going the way that it should be going. At least the way we think it should be going. Well, sh yes. sure, sure. But yeah. also, you know, in but they aren't They're right. Broken. Also in, in, in comparison to what Christ or what God has originally set up. Yeah. You know, exactly. it's, it's not functioning in that way per se. Right. Right. So. And so now what do we do? Right. <laughs> right. Now what do we do? But it seems like the Bible is the record of God approaching people, not as he expected them to be or hoped that they would be, but where they are. Yeah. And he, he comes to, you know, he came to Abraham, a childless old man and said, I will make a great nation out of you. And through that nation, I will bless all the people of the mm -hmm. earth. And when you look at biblical history, you see that's one of the things that has happened. And, and when we look at life now, too, I mean, I think we would all say, I don't think there'd be a single person who'd say, I've never made a mistake. I never made a choice that I regret. Oh my I gosh, never, yeah. I, you know, I've never mishandled a situation or a relationship. You know, I don't think anybody would say that, like, you know what, I've, I've got this figured out and I've done, I've done aces. I, you know, I, I'm, you know, everyone should kind of pay attention to me and how I'm doing it because I got it, I got it worked out, you know, and I'm, so look to me. I don't think anyone is, is able to say that. No one is looking to say that, you know, so they're, yeah. but, and, and yet 
you know, we, we wrestle and we see that there is things are not going the way that we want it to go and things are not going the way it should go. I mean, right now, even we're, we're still in the midst of a pandemic, you know, we're not able to meet with our students how we would like to meet with them. You know, this is we're we're campus ministers and we're not, we can't go up on campus, you know, so (laughs) let's figure that one out. (laughs) There, there is a sense within this world and within relationships and within ourselves, you know, like that it's just like things are not going the way, the best way that they can be going. And kind of on top of that, most people, maybe not everybody, but most people want to be seen as a decent person. Right. You know, and, um, and most people make an effort to be a, decent person but there's a lot of alienation and a lot of broken relationships out there and people will even justify doing evil things for good reasons but there's there's the mixture everyone is a mixture everybody is carrying around their own darkness even though they want to be maybe a better person but they think well i can't really afford to right you know do that and, and I think also, I mean, it really, I think this having this notion and this idea that we all kind of feel too, really attributes to the existence of God, you know, because I think within each of us having this sense of right and wrong, good and evil, you know, yeah. if, if God doesn't exist, where does this notion come from? Like, if your friend was to slap his wife, you know, there's something within us that goes, well, that's not right. Yeah. That's not what is supposed to happen. And, but if he slaps him, he probably did something. Oh, stop. (laughs) The the question, the question is, okay, we, we all have that sense. Mm -hmm. And if it's a, if it's a sense that it's, it's a wrong thing to do, where does that come from? If God doesn't exist. Right. Because, Justice appears to be a universally understood and accepted notion. Exactly what justice is, is maybe a little harder to come to a consensus, but everybody knows that at a certain point, there's a right and there's a wrong. And particularly when they see someone that they value as being the victim of injustice, a lot of indignation and anger is aroused. And if we personally are victims of injustice, we're, we're not going to like it. Right. We're not going to like it at all. So we're going to say, hey, something has to be done. But I think we have to also acknowledge the fact that when we are the victim, but we are also the perpetrators. Yes. You yeah. know, we, our hands are not. Yeah. Clean. We, we do not have clean hands. <laughs> you know, we, we are swift to be vengeful and petty and sarcastic and harsh and short and just mean. And we justify why we are doing such things and saying such things. And, but we are also so frustrated when people don't treat us with the dignity that we feel we deserve. So we excuse ourselves and we accuse others maybe. Right. Yeah. And I mean, we, we think of this in regards to so much. I mean, so much of the problems that we're seeing right now within this world or in this country, you know, 
you know, we can't help but think about the events that happened a month ago, you know, around, okay, around yeah. the Capitol, you know, a lot yeah. of anger and bitterness, you know, everything around the election or also just the season that we are in with masks, you know, having to wear masks. And there's so many different opinions and there's so many things. And there's a sense that, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying where I fall in regards to any of this, you know, which way of the, the aisle, but it's not really the point. It's the fact that we are so quick to be aggressive and be harsh and make judgments on people just based on how they feel one way or another and a, on and, certain things. And maybe assess the motives of other people. Right. Somebody says something and go, well, I know what he's thinking. Right. Do you really? Yeah. You know, and I mean, to a, to a certain extent, we might be able to read someone's motives from their behavior, but, but not really. I mean, that, that's kind of interesting because you can't really know a person unless that person reveals himself or herself to you, which is interesting thinking about God, because we can learn some things about God by looking at what he made, but we're not going to have a, a comprehensive enough understanding of God unless we listen to his revelation. Yeah. Wow. And so, so let's, let's talk about that. I mean, we all have this sense of good and evil, right and wrong, mm -hmm. you know, we will be quick to do whatever we feel is in the best interest of ourselves and get frustrated when people act the same way in regards to choosing themselves over mm -hmm. what we want. And mm -hmm. um, you were talking about a, a revelation in regards to all of that. And what, what do you mean? Well, um, you know, when the first people decided that they knew better than God, he let them have their choice and he let the consequences of those choices roll into their lives. But he didn't leave it there. I mean, the Bible talks about God coming to a man named Abram and who was an elderly man with an elderly wife who had no children. And he said, I'm going to do a new thing. Mm. I'm going to new, do a new thing. I'm going to bring blessing into the human family. I want you to trust me and I want you to follow me. And Abram's story is a story of God helping him and ultimately giving him a son through whom the Jewish nation later arose. And, and uh, again and again and again, the people get part of it right but they get a lot of it wrong yeah. too. And so much so that, you know, there are times when it seems like the whole experiment is just going to be cashiered, that forget it, you know, right. and, and, and we'll start over with a clean slate. But, but God has, has intervened in human history in such a way to demonstrate to us, the human community on earth, that he's serious about showing us his love and serious about calling us into relationship with him. And that's one of the, that's the spectacular thing, you right. know, about our faith that we live for. He, he breaks the scene. I mean, we are yes. kind of stuck in this state of, 
you've wronged me, I'm going to wrong you. And that's kind of our existence. And then he breaches the story. He's like the Deus Ex Machina, where he just kind of comes into it and says, you, you, I'm going to pull you out (laughs) of this situation in my love. I'm going to pull you out from the way the rest of the world, society, cult, whatever, how, however they function. And I'm going to set you apart. And we see that with Abraham, like you're saying, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to establish you and I'm going to love you because I am, I, because I choose to have you in this way. And it's amazing. It doesn't, it doesn't go to show about like, well, aren't we so shiny and nice and good that he would pick us? No, it's because we were still so much in that state that he was just like, I want to demonstrate and show how good I am and my love and how amazing and beautiful and powerful it is. On the behalf yeah. of this person, it's and it's. I love the saying that you know God is not in love with a future version of us. And I think you said this at the kind of the start. He's in love with us where we are right now. Yeah, he's in. He loves us in the place that we are right now. And the reality is, is we're not better at um, how have I said it? We're not better at being sinful because that's ultimately what we're talking about. We're talking about sin and we're all <laughs> guilty of that. But I would also say, you know, selfish. And that's a hard word for you, you know, listeners. And you hear the word sin and like it makes all these bells go off. I'll just say selfishness, you know. Um, what was the saying? The saying that I like It's we're not better at sinning than God is at saving us. Yeah. We're not better at being unlovable than he is at loving us. So his grace reaches out to us even while we have blood on our hands, but he calls us out of that. Yeah. And, and, uh, but, you know, as you read the stories in the Bible, you realize that all the major characters in the Bible were deeply flawed people. And, David, this tremendously successful um, king of of Israel, um, committed adultery and had the husband of the woman that he committed adultery with to abandoned in battle so that he was killed. So he's a, an adulterer and a murderer, and yet he wrote probably half the Psalms. Totally mismanaged his family. Totally mismanaged his family. And... And so you begin to realize that God is not looking for perfect people, but he calls us toward that perfection. So none of us can say, well, I'll just keep my, my private sins over here. That's not something that we can really do, but it shouldn't surprise us. In fact, Jesus said it, the apostle Paul said it. He said, watch out because from within the church, wolves will arise and they will they will lead people astray and they will deny the truth. And it's like, seriously, really? Even in the church, even among people who are like born again? And so there may be people who are laughing and scoffing and go, yeah, you Christians, you can't even keep your leaders in line. Yeah. Well, the Bible says, that kind of thing is going to happen. Now, those people need to be 
held accountable for their behavior and they can't be allowed to just sort of carry on. Right. They can serve time if they've done something. Yeah. Yeah. We don't say, let them go. Let them scot free. You know, there's, yeah, there is consequences for your actions. But sometimes the Bible legally is so. certainly not PR, a, a, a promotional brochure. Sure. And, and I think, I think we also really have to say that in regards to selfishness in regards to this evilness that we experience, you know, that we, we see in our relationships and our lives, but also in this world as we're like spectators to some degree of events and, and things mm-hmm. are going, what is going on here? I think it is so important to realize when you, when you said that God and his grace, we, we talk about that being demonstrated through what Jesus has done. Yes. And what he has done, um, we talk about his life and his teaching, sure, but what's most important is what he did on the cross and what he did in his resurrection. And also we got to say the fact that he came down from the glory of heaven to be with humanity. He he humbled himself. He lowered himself to the, the being a man, a human. So you're saying that Jesus was alive before Christmas. Yes, absolutely. Yes, he was. Yeah. And because uh, that's what we see within the Bible and that's what we see within his life. And it's what makes sense based upon what he says about himself and his relationship with his father being God, you know, and it's, 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 we can't, we can't miss that. We can't just be like, oh yeah, God is lovey dovey and he, you know, can fix all these things and God has a better, without realizing that even our mistakes and our problems and the things and that we do to each other needs to be dealt with. And God has to do something about it. It has to be judged. Evil can't go unpunished. All right. So then, I mean, this is sort of one of these theology points, you know, that, that the Bible reveals a trinity, a triune God. And it's, it's even hinted at in the Old Testament and made more explicit in the New Testament. But Jesus, being in the form of God, humbled himself and became a man. So, so he's not just one man among many to stand for the whole group. It is God himself participating in our humanity. Yeah. And this kind of thing blows our circuits. I mean, how, how can... How can one person have two natures, you right. know, and all that stuff? We, and can, it's like, we can get that to another time. <laughs> yeah, we, can, we can do that at another time. It's but, just so much right now. But that does answer one of the questions about human suffering, because through Jesus Christ and through his participation in us in the church, God himself is a personal participant in the sufferings of humanity. Well, and and I think it's so important to realize, okay, so we understand that with his, his suffering on the cross and his death on the cross was him saying, okay, with all the evilness in the world, all how you mismanage relationships and you are, are vengeful with each other and you betray each other, you know, he's like, I'm going to take the punishment of that wrong living. And I'm going to put that on my shoulders and I'll be punished 
for those things. I'll take on the, the, the consequences. I'll take on the, the penalties of this. And, and, and because of that, he died because it had to be punished. It had to be dealt with. And so that's like a picture of all forgiveness between people. Say I damage your djembe and you're like, Chris, <laughs> right. You know, and then, then I need to, I need to repair it or to replace it or get you a new one. Or you have to experience the loss within yourself and forgive the, you and forgive me. And even, even if I replace the djembe, you still have to forgive me for like right. messing up with your stuff. Right. If I see you every time I see you, I was like that Chris Steamer. That Chris Steamer. I had a boss <laughs> whose brand new car I wrecked and he swore at me all day long. Wow. <laughs> Woo. So he was mad. Woo. He was mad, but he never made me pay for the car, but he didn't get it repaired for years. My gosh, poor guy. And I, I think there's also a really big important thing too. When when people talk about well, I think that there's a big question when we talk about evilness and we talk about, you know, rightness in the world and goodness mm -hmm. in the world, the question of, well, how would God allow oh. evil? How yeah. would God allow bad things to happen to good people? I mean, this is one of the most common questions that we can be asked, and it can be one of the hardest things to kind of wrestle through. And so there, there's a, a bunch of people trying to make, come to terms with that question, like how yeah. good can God be? if he allows these things to happen or continue or whatever. And I think you're, well, I think your, your, your point and your thought has merit. God needs to do something about it. Mm -hmm. God needs to do something to challenge and fix these problems within the world. Right? Yes, absolutely. And the beautiful thing is, so I think we would be in agreement with somebody who is, suffering and hurting and experiencing loss and ha it's having confusion it, it leaves room for compassion and sympathy and you say you're right these things are terrible but the beautiful thing is is god has already done something about it and he sent his son he he god himself came in the form of man to take upon the punishment for these evil things that we do to each other on a daily basis and it's in the power of what he has done in the cross and the resurrection that actually does fix and redeem people, relationships, yeah, and evil. Absolutely. And in order to get to the cross as a spotless lamb, he had to live the way humanity was supposed to live right. in the first place. So in all of his relationships, he always treated other people the way that they needed to be treated. And you take a look at the Gospels. Jesus says some amazing things and does some amazing things, but you, he doesn't have like a toolkit. Right. He always has a personalized response to the people in front of him. He always loves God with all his heart and soul and mind and strength, and he loves him the neighbor that is with him as much as he loves himself. And mm -hmm. so, you know, to people with a chip on their shoulder, he knocks them down a peg or two to the people who have no hope for themselves. He 
overflows with with the generosity of his grace. He's really a remarkable person. And I remember as an early Christian, I I wanted more of a textbook, mm. you know, because I thought of the Christian life more as um, here's a set of moral standards, live them. Right. You know, but God is calling us into relationship in which every situation is fresh. Every situation is new. And I remember going to, going to cop, cop, <coughs> conferences where people were talking about systems of discipleship and systems of growing Christians, you know, and it's, it always comes back to relationship. Right. If Jesus walking around with 12 guys and sharing his life with them. And that's really, that's mm -hmm. really kind of how things work now. And he, he sees the individual with the potential and promise of what yeah. is capable and possible to be experienced within that individual. And he, he's that's determined, right. though he loves us, and this goes back to what I was saying before, though he loves us exactly as we are, he is actually still committed to us enough to not just keep us there. Right, right. You know, he has he has a goal. He has he has purposes for us that he wants. I mean, I'm memorizing a a, a, a verse of scripture where he says, Jesus says. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, those are the people who love me. And the people who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them, and I will show myself to them. So he's saying, if you love me, follow me. Let me lead you. Let me show you how to live. And the promise is that you will, you will, you will know me more deeply. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, it, it comes, I, I think, you know, Christians, we get the rap of being like, okay, well, we just want everybody to do, you know, what we say that they think we should, they should do. Yeah. And the reality is, is, is no, what happens is we do have the, the rules in a sense. We, as yeah. Paul kind of talks about in Romans is that if I didn't have the rules established within the Old Testament, within the law, I would have no idea what sin was. Right. I would have no idea on, on on what is right and what is wrong necessarily. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and so there is some degree of, oh, you know, we do feel it within our spirit. We know when there's evil. We know that when something is right. We know when something is good. Um, but, you know, Paul says that in, in knowing that and in, in seeing that, oh, gosh, I lost my thought. Well, the, the idea of the law teaches us what is good, but it also convicts us of sin. It shows us where, even though we know what is good, we have willingly gone the other way. Right. And that places us in a place of death. Right. And that's, and that's exactly it. So when we experience this grace and this forgiveness and this incredible uh, love, yes. that's not based upon the fact that I am supposed to earn it. I'm able to do all these things. I'm able to make sure I do everything a hundred percent correctly, but it's just, I can actually respond with that, that way of like, I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to treat people with the dignity that they deserve. I'm going to be respectful and caring and compassionate. I'm not going to just try to assert my own way in life over 
the taking advantage of other people. Mm-hmm. You know, we start after receiving the grace that we have had, that we have, and the 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 grace or the forgiveness that Christ has given to us. It encourages us and it motivates within us to respond in such a way that, like, man, as I get close to the heart of God, when I get closer and closer to Jesus, I want to do these things less. I want to do the things that are hurtful and harmful to other people less because I have compassion, sympathy, and love for them. And so that's where we can be that, that good standard in that good state um, and that standing in that good place mm-hmm. as we function within this world. And so, cause we are the ones who bring the light and bring the life and bring the good and bring what's best without having to like, Oh, shake our fingers at everybody else for not doing the same, but we can just be like a breath of fresh air for other people. Cause we have experienced life and wonder and beauty and forgiveness and yeah. just the presence of God. And so we are able to bring other people to that who are in the places that we used to be in, who are hurting, broken, lost, fearful, all these things. Well, it seems like, yeah, what you're saying is the more deeply we are aware of our own inner darkness, then the more amazed that we're going to be by the forgiveness and the grace of God. But then we can look at other people and have sympathy that they have their own darkness too. Right. So we'll be more compassionate to people. But if, if we're just moralists in a sense, right. We agree to a set of standards, which some Christians, have yeah you know and we think we're pretty much capable in ourselves of fulfilling that which many christians do (laughs) think that way then we're very easily critical of others who fail to live up to those standards and those people were the people who gave jesus the worst trouble yes you know because he was coming to these people and showing them that the heart of god was a gracious love that overlooks sin instead of convicting other people of sin and enhancing one's own superiority so christianity has the means by which we can shine light into the lives of other people yeah. without putting them down yeah and um it's, and it's it, amazing. It, it brings hope. It brings hope. A it, lot of hope. Right. And that's what I think we ultimately need. We need to know that our present circumstances, when we're in the midst of it, you know, and we're kind of with our friends, and they try to give us our the answers and tell us how, well, you know what you should do in regards to this. I think what we're all really looking for is a sense of hope while we are struggling and suffering and going through whatever kind of issues or problems we're facing. We want to know that this is for a reason and and everything is going to be okay. Somehow things are going to work out in the end. You know, I may not see it now, but I, and I, so we we all want to find hope and answers somewhere. You know, it's, it's so interesting. I kind of want to, I heard this and I kind of want to leave it on this thought. And this is something that I just heard in the last week. 
you know, this whole idea, and I, and I want the listeners to know that if you are struggling and if you are suffering, if you are hurting for whatever reason, whether it's something that somebody else did to you, or maybe you're suffering from a choice that you have kind of made yourself, mm, yes. and now you're kind of being hit with the consequences. Um, suffering is not a demonstration of God's love for us. It's like, it's not like, well, because I, I did this and now things are going wrong or now I am unloved by God. No, because this is the beautiful thing. If God was willing, if God, the father was willing to allow his own son, Jesus, to suffer on the cross, who we see in scripture, Jesus says that I am loved by my father. If he is willing and allowing for his own son to suffer to the point of death, it's not because he doesn't love him. It's not, it, it actually does not equate. The problems and the things that we go through has nothing to do as an equation comparing to God's love for us, mm. you know? And so I think you need to hear that just because you are going through something, just because you're, you're experiencing some trauma and some problems and some issues and some loss and um, you're, you're feeling regretful maybe for some decisions that you have made, God still loves you. Yes, he does. And it's not, it does not compute into saying, well, because this is happening to me, it's because God doesn't love me. Why would God allow this to happen if he loved me? The reality is, is his own son, Jesus, suffered on the cross. And it was never something to do with a lack of love that God had for him. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, that is incredible that to is hear. That is powerful. That is very powerful. Good words, Peter. Man. So... What do you what do you have going on for the rest of the day, Chris, as we're kind of wrapping things up? What do you got this week coming up? Well, let's see. <laughs> well, I have a doctor's appointment tomorrow. Um, no, I have some conversations lined up with some people. I just made uh, plans to uh, go visit my middle daughter and her kids and husband. So that's going to be cool. That'll be next week. So we'll do another episode of this and then I'll be leaving after our fellowship time next uh, Wednesday. But um, yeah, there's, uh, I'm also planning on going to a conference in Texas in May. Oh, wow. And I'm really looking forward to it. And I got a little bird whispered in my ear that maybe some other folks would pay for it. So I'm keenly interested in... Uh, in May, you say. <laughs> in May, I say. Yes, yes. Hmm, that's interesting. Maybe we have to talk. Yes. <laughs> oh, man, that's cool. That's cool, man. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. How about you? What's up for you? Um, Man, I just feel like oh, the last right. couple of weeks, You're it's just moving. been... Well, yeah, there's that. <laughs> the last couple of weeks, it's just things have been just nonstop. And it's just been like, uh, I don't yeah. know. Right. And um, this weekend... We are going up to Rochester because um, my wife's brother's sister is pregnant. And so they're going to have a little mini baby shower slash virtual shower kind of a thing. Oh, all right. So there's there's going to be that. Um, so I'll be traveling up with her for that. But I also – we have to move some stuff that's up in Rochester that was Graham's 
and okay. now we're going to be taking to our place. We're in the midst oh, of moving. Okay. So just, yes. we have traveling and I just don't see extra mileage. Yes. I just, I don't see a lot of just like restfulness in the next, the next week, which honestly makes me really want to talk about maybe next week as kind of a teaser for a topic. I want to talk about rest and I want to talk about just okay. some stuff that God has been working on in my own mind and thinking about it and just thinking about even how college students, if you're listening to this, I don't know, they, they are some of the most undisciplined people when it comes to work-life balance in regards to working too much or not working hard enough and how does rest kind of play into that. So I'm, I think that might be an interesting thing to talk about. Wow. Yes, that sounds very good. I, I remember thinking at the beginning of each semester, I got it figured out now. And by the second week, my plan was in tatters. Yeah. So I basically hoped for too much <laughs> and tried to fit everything in and didn't understand about margin. So yeah, let's talk about rest next cool. week. Cool. Cool. I'll be looking forward to rest. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you everyone for tuning in. This is the campus ambassadors at the Oneana campus ambassadors podcast. Thank you for tuning in and listening to me and Chris talk, um, interact with us, hit us up on, um, Apple podcast, leave a review or something. If you have a question that you're like, you know what? I would love to just hear you guys tackle this topic and oh, discuss yeah. this thing. Oh, yeah. And we're open to topics. Maybe you have something in response to what we just talked about. Maybe you have a clarifying question or something. We'd love to interact. We'd love to hear from you. Um, that being said, you can check us out also on other things. We have our website, onianaca.com. You can find us on Instagram, onianaca.com. Um, we are on Facebook. We are have a, we do have a YouTube, which we're still kind of working and developing um, as well. Um, I believe that's onianaca.com, but or I'm not sure. But anyway, it's it's Oneana Campus Ambassadors. Just search for us online. You should be able to find us on our streaming platforms, but also on our social media too. So thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Peace out. Bye-bye.